The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk, WNRI, 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host, John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to the lunchtime. Good afternoon. It is John DePietro. Petro, this portion of our program is brought to you by Propane Plus. Remember, they want to be your propane supplier. Located in Rehoboth and East Greenwich, call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209, 885-4209. Tim Johnson, his family, and Propane Plus. Well, folks, busy news day on this uh, Wednesday, and he joins us uh, each Wednesday at this time. We want to bring on... He is a writer for the Boston Globe covering Rhode Island, and it's our friend Dan McGowan. Good afternoon, Dan McGowan. Busy day, John. How are you? Sure is. Hey, you got some news. Uh, now, it's a little bit inside baseball, but it's, in my mind, it's very significant with, uh, with what's happening with this person. Yeah, so the executive director of the Democratic Party, which, you know, you're right, is a, a inside baseball named Sid McKenna, which has been around politics for quite a while in Rhode Island, was involved with the Cianci campaign back in 2014, has, has obviously been uh, somewhat of an ally to the speaker, worked in City Hall for a little while, um, is leaving her, her job as the executive director of the party. Um, and, and apparently Channel 12, I believe, is reporting that, that she's going to work for the Bloomberg campaign. Uh, but this is a significant development. And McKenna's, you know, kind of a lawyer, has always been seen as sort of a loyal Democrat to the speaker. And so, you know, her leaving or kind of jumping ship at the same time that we know there's a grand jury investigation happening um, involving the whole convention center thing is uh, it's interesting timing, to say the least. It is. And she let's let's be very clear about it. She uh, she was the deputy communications person to the House under Larry Berman. So she up until August collected a paycheck and worked directly with the speaker. Um, That's right. It definitely, there was definitely some, uh, some stories floating around when she became the executive director that maybe she was not, so to speak, on the same page as some of the Mattiello people uh, and has been the executive director. But I, I think, um, I think that's, that's very interesting that at this point, that she is um, leaving as the state director to join the Bloomberg campaign. Very, very interesting indeed. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, what it is is it's another kind of blow to the sort of power structure that is the Democratic Party in Rhode Island. You know, when we think about, you and I talk a lot about sort of national politics and what it means to be a Democrat and who's, you know, who's on whose campaign. But, you know, in Rhode Island, of course, so much of this is tied to who the speaker is and that sort of very centralized power, um, uh, you know, w- within literally the, the, the speaker's office. And so, you know, for for Sid uh, McKenna to kind of jump off here, um, again, it obviously raises lots of questions given the fact uh, that we know a lot of other, uh, uh, there's a criminal investigation, there's other things happening. Yeah, she was, um, she was just on Lively Experiment with Hummel uh, a week ago. Was she, he had on uh, Susie Yankee had, of the Republican Party, had Pat Ford. And then had McKenna. I, I thought, I thought, as a viewer and as someone that follows the media, um, I thought it was rather odd that when discussing 
the situation with the Speaker in the State House. At no point did she say or was she asked by Hummel, oh, and by the way, I was working there up until August, which I, I a think... A minute ago, right. A minute ago. Normally, if that were, you know, if that were a, a CNN or a MSNBC or Fox, that's the type of thing would certainly be disclosed. And, and you'd even maybe even say, hey, listen, you know, you had a front row seat. You were the number two communication person there. You know, what can you tell us? But she, she didn't touch on that. She just talked apart about the party in general. Um, and this is, I just find it's a little uncommon, Dan McGowan, simply because at this point, when you are really in gear with the presidential election, this is when you don't want any turnover. So that means that now someone is going to be the new state director. That, that's exactly right. And by the way, you know, the funny thing is, is that I know it's only February, but make no mistake about it. Everyone in the General Assembly is already thinking about what they're going to do for re-election this yes. year. Yep. They're already they're already plotting about who they're going to take on, you know, if they're not members of leadership or if they're not supporters of leadership. They're already worried about whether it's their Republican opponents or a potentially primary, Democratic primary, progressive opponents. And so, uh, they're, you know, uh, the move in an election year, even if it's early in an election year, um, it does shake things up. It means they have to go through another, you know, search that they probably didn't want to do. Usually people stay in this job for a couple of years, um, at least through an election cycle. Absolutely. And you don't get to be the state director. Now, it's, it's kind of evolved a little bit because it used to just be like the chairperson or the chairman. And now it, it's, it's a little bit odd, but you don't get to be in that position unless, in fact, you have the ultimate blessing and support of, of the speaker. That's the deciding person who decides who's in that role. It's a little odd that she's the state director. Joe McNamara is like the chairman, but then you have Bill Lynch floats out as like a spokesperson. Um, it's, it's a little unusual of exactly who's like in charge of calling the shots. But I'd be very curious now to see uh, who comes in to be the state director, because as much as people could say it's fluid, but, you know, April is coming up. And that is the Democrat primary presidential in Rhode Island, late April, April 28th, I believe. And, and you want to have everything kind of in order in order for that. Um, I, I find this very odd. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think there's something more here. I don't know if we're going to find out what it is. But um, to be leaving to go for the, the Bloomberg job, I, I, I just I think there's something uh, more here. And again, I, I, uh, I've dealt with her. I dealt with her when she... Um, when she was working for on the CNC campaign, I respect Sid McKenna. Um, I, I think she's she's very sharp, very shrewd. Obviously, I um, I never understood. I didn't think she was the right type of fit for the Mattiello crew and and his 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 whole uh, staff. I didn't. I kind of always seemed saw her as kind of like an oddball a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. When you're, and, and you know, I think what she is, what she is is somebody who's, who's pretty policy oriented, which is not necessarily something you would say about the, uh, you know, the General Assembly. You know, this is usually a power structure thing, right. and so and so I think you're right. It, it was a little bit of a, a different thing. Although she's a pretty talented campaign operative, yes. I think they liked the idea. She's also she's a, she's well spoken. She she does well on TV, things like that. And so I think they liked her. She's uh, multiracial, so you know you you there's there's a lot of assets there that. that make you valuable in a campaign and to jump, you know, without ever having to be involved 
about the campaign. She's only been there since August, so it's only been, it's been less than a year yeah. uh, to, to to have that job. This is a a, a big change and in, in one that doesn't typically happen. Folks, we speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. You know, speaking of that, let's just stay on the theme, Dan McGowan. Uh, you have a story in the Boston Globe. Who hacked Speaker Mattiello's campaign account? <laughs> Yeah, this is a bizarre story. Uh, uh, I, as you know, John, am kind of obsessive about going through campaign finance reports and trying to find just good reason. You can find things there. That's right. You can find little trends. And so one of the things I noticed buried very deeply in in the speaker's campaign account was uh, that that he was paying for a service that does background checks on people. And I thought, huh, well, that's interesting. Although knowing what I know about politics, it is not in any way uncommon for, uh, you know, for campaigns to to have opposition research teams or, or use background check services. But what I found that was very interesting was the day they purchased this background check service was the same day my colleague Ed Fitzpatrick reported on a story about a, a gentleman at the state house who uh, had served time for sexual assault and who now works uh, now works as a house ma- uh, manager of operations. Literally the same day, September 9th, two thousand nineteen. So that obviously caught my you know curiosity. I started to ask questions about it, and the response I got was very strange. I thought for sure the answer would just be, "Yeah, that's exactly what we were doing. We wanted to you know make sure we had this buttoned up." If we knew who this was, and the response was, we believe our campaign was hacked. Now, there's no quite explanation for why somebody would just hack a, you know, and buy a background check service if they were hacking a campaign. Um, and obviously, you can hear by my voice, I have some questions about that. Absolutely. But- but the, their argument is that, that it was hacked. Uh, I checked with the Board of Elections. The Board of Elections says they, they are now, um, they were now looking at it, and, and they've been told by the campaign that, in fact, it, uh, there was some sort of hack. Uh, but, again, it raises a lot of questions, given the timing of everything. Touch on, again, this info tracer and the truth finder. What, what exactly do they do? Yeah, think about it. I mean, if, if, if you wanted to do some background service on Dan McGowan, for example, and you Googled me, you might come up with, hey, you, you know, any of these services that are, they basically run through databases, criminal databases, sure. you know, civil lawsuits, things like that. Um, and there's a million of these services out there. And so they actually, they, you just nailed it. They bought two different ones. One was called Infotracer.com. The other one was called Truthfinder. Um, we're talking minor purchases, but it's not about how much they spend. It's about what they were doing with it and whether, in fact, their campaign's, uh, uh, campaign account was actually hacked or not. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Staying on the State House for a moment, I thought this was interesting. You tweeted out that Facebook has hired uh, Lenny Lopes. Lenny Lopes, who is a State House lobbyist, he initially, he was the first chief of staff for uh, Patrick Lynch when he was the attorney general. I know Lenny, um, a very, very likable guy. And uh, I think it's interesting that, I mean, where are we in 2020 that Facebook now even has their own Rhode Island Statehouse lobbyist? What what can you tell us about that? I remember a couple of years ago when, uh, when you know, sports gambling was starting to get hot, and I remember doing a story on how all the, the professional sports leagues had hired, uh, I believe, Andrew Ronaldo and a couple of other lobbyists at the state house. And I remember just thinking it was so interesting that in our little state you had, you know, the Major League Baseball and the NBA. Uh, and similarly, you know, when you see Facebook come in, it's not uncommon, of course, to have 
large major companies. Amazon typically has has lobbyists in the state house because they want to you know track bills that involve shipping or you know online purchases things like that. But the Facebook one is interesting because we've seen no. I mean, remember at the federal level we have Congressman Cicilline, who's one of the leading critics of big, the big technology companies. Um, but we've seen no movement at the at the state level. Uh, nothing from the governor. Nothing from any legislative leaders that that say anything about an interest in in you know going after Facebook. I reached out to Lenny Lopes and I asked him what you know. By the way, big time lobbyist has lots of clients. You know, like you said, pretty well respected. Is a pretty prominent guy up there. And he said there's no specific reason he uh, he 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 is uh, doing anything for Facebook. He said he just wants to be making sure that he's tracking bills. But I believe he's getting paid sixty thousand dollars just to track those bills, which is a pretty good amount of money uh, for a client. You know, uh, folks, Dan McGowan is so gracious to take the time and talk with us each week. And I hate to do this to him because uh, he is still live on the air with us. So that means he can't be talking to various people. But Steph Machado, your former colleague of Channel 12, who I know you respect, she just posted on Twitter, update, Sid McKenna will not confirm nor deny McNamara's comment. She's headed to Bloomberg. She says she's leaving the party exploring other opportunities she didn't get get back to us till after we published his comments so could could you dan and again i'm not in in any way trying to uh bust your chops here or just i i want to could can you go back to us to what 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 information you had about her leaving absolutely so yeah so to be clear uh, sid mckenna and i literally talked five minutes before you and I got on the air, and all she would do was confirm that, yes, in fact, she uh, was leaving the Democratic Party. She would not say where she was going. I did oh, okay. Steph. It, it, that's right. And Steph uh, Machado, who is a great reporter, like you said, uh, had Chairman McNamara actually as, as her on-the-record person saying that she's leaving. Um, in the time that you and I have been talking, I've been texting with the Bloomberg campaign, yeah. also trying to confirm that. Nothing confirmed on my end yet about Sid going to the Bloomberg campaign. All right. Now, let's just – will not confirm. She says she's leaving the party exploring other opportunities. Now, we, can, can we talk about this for a moment? If she's not going to the Bloomberg campaign – uh, there's a bigger story here. It's one thing. He's throwing a lot of money around. He's hiring a lot of political operatives. I don't know exactly unless she's just saying she won't confirm she's headed to the Bloomberg King. She says she's exploring other opportunities. If you're exploring other opportunities, um, I, 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 I'm just trying to think this through. And you, you tell me, and I realize we're live on the air discussing this, but if, if you're leaving to go to the Bloomberg campaign, let's just say... McNamara jumped the gun, and she is going to go there. I think maybe if you're her, you'd say, um, I, I will have something to say about that at a later time if they want to be the one to put the word out. But if you instead say you're exploring other opportunities, to me, that leaves it more that you are leaving and you don't know where your next destination is. Yeah, I, I think your uh, analysis on this is right. Typically, I would say that uh, that usually you would you know find a way to to kind of wiggle out of confirming where you're going, but not maybe leave it so open that it just looks like you're you're suddenly leaving the party. Um, you know, I, I know Chairman McNamara has has told Steph that that that's the case that she's going to the Bloomberg campaign. I will say I I had heard that Sid McKenna was preparing to leave. I'd never heard anything 
talking about the uh, the Bloomberg campaign huh. until I read the Channel 12 story. So I, I suppose it's it's very fluid. Obviously, maybe in the next 15 minutes that we're on the phone, there'll be more. Well, <laughs> hey Dan, so you had heard she was planning to leave. Was there any? What, what were you? Was there? A, what was the background on that? Yeah, I reached out to her a couple of weeks ago, actually, yeah. and asked, and she said there was no truth to it. She, she denied it. Oh, okay. Just, it was kind of scuttlebutt, and then, sure enough, uh, in the last day or two, I started to hear that maybe she was leaving. In fact, like literally before you and I got on the phone together, uh, she, she called me and confirmed that she was leaving. Mm, I think there's a story here. All right, let, let's go again, folks. Uh, you can get the Boston Globe, and I do, and I love the Rhode Island section that they have. I want to touch on a couple of stories that you've done. One thing is, and I think this is interesting, they're all Democrats. No one in the Rhode Island congressional delegation has picked a candidate for president. Now, there was a little bit of a flap over Governor Mundo. All right, so she's in. She is endorsed. She is fully, fully. You can't be more on board with uh, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg than Ramondo is. There was also the flap that I I really like, and that is the Biden camp threw Mattiello overboard, and then he took took to the stage of the convention center for the Greater Chamber of Commerce and said, well, he didn't do that well. So I'm looking at an Amy Klobuchar, and the Biden people struck back. But here you have... um, The most I've heard... Well, tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, so, I mean, and you and I have talked about this over the course of the last couple of months. It, it was sort of widely known that the congressional delegation hadn't endorsed, no one from the delegation had endorsed someone. What I found interesting was I started to kind of poke around at this, and the website Politico actually does a really great job at tracking who uh, congress- members of Congress are supporting for president. And I noticed that Rhode Island was one of the only states in the country. In fact, if you were to include states that are re- that are completely Republican, that have complete re- Republican delegations. Rhode Island is is either the the only state, or maybe one of maybe two states that do not have anyone uh, in Congress who is either supporting a Democratic candidate for for uh, uh, for president, or the obvious thing, the, you know, the the Republican sort of uh, uh, you know, Republican leadership who who is supporting President Trump, of course, for re-election. So uh, it, it is unique. Now, a lot of people kind of pushed back when I was when I was uh, reporting this story yesterday and they said well the delegation doesn't you know that jack reed never really takes a stand he always wants to kind of hold off see who the nominee is but i'll remind you four years ago <laughs> they were everyone endorsed uh uh hillary clinton very early 100 uh, yep. in that race and in this case i think it's a sign i talked to joe fleming the political pollster that you know a couple other people who say boy this is another example of how uh uh, uh you know topsy-turvy the, the the race for president is the truth is you know if there was a clear-cut favorite if joe biden had done what a lot of people maybe thought he would do six months ago a year ago i think by now you would probably have heard have heard these yes. candidates come out i think they're looking at bernie sanders kind of taking everything by storm they obviously saw the governor come out ver- come out early and first for for bloomberg i think they want to see i'm sure they're going to be glued to their televisions tonight to watch the debate um, but there is no indication. Not one of them said they had a timeline for endorsing. I think Jack Reed over the weekend actually kind of said, you know what, I'm going to support the Democratic nominee uh, no matter what, but I, I may not even endorse in the race. And so that is, that is very different from the approach they, they took four years ago. It's very different from the approach that some of these guys took back in 2008 when yes. there was a very contested uh, uh, primary for president. Let's talk about this. couple things. It, it is fluid. I, you're exactly on the money. If Biden had remained strong when he announced and continue to be strong, they, I, I believe they're all in with Biden. I mean, that's just the way it is. 
Um, Cicilline, I think Congressman David Cicilline, I believe he did go and met with Mayor Pete when he came to town. He uh, did, that's y- right. Yep, you have the local mayors, uh, Diosa and Aloisa, they're fully in with Mayor Pete. Um, Senator Reed is the last to endorse, so I'm going to put him off to the side, and I, I know that there's kind of a decorum where the person, the two people that normally, the way it was explained to me, that they would endorse would be a fellow senator. So, you know, but you do have two because you have Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. That's right. So that kind of puts both of them in the box a little bit. We, we did see where being the colleague in the Senate kind of can play off a little bit. That's anyhow where Chafee supposedly why he then said that he endorsed President then just Barack Obama because then That's even right. though they That's kind of right. passed a little bit, but they were both senators at the same time. Um, Langevin, I, 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 he usually kind of follows the pack, nothing against him. I think, though, Dan McGowan, this is reflective of um, that I, they just don't know where it's going to go. And, and I want to come back to, you know, you and I talk about things in the globe, but I'm just starting to wonder. I was, I was up in New Hampshire last Monday night, and, um, and, and I know that, you know, tonight is a very, uh, very important debate, but I, I'm just starting to wonder if the Bloomberg campaign strategy of we're going to wait until Super Tuesday, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Bernie Sanders. I, he, he, to me, he is tied right now in South Carolina. He's way ahead in Nevada. He's ahead in Texas. He's in California. He's going to win the Nevada caucus on Saturday. He's going to win. I think he's going to have a momentum and win South Carolina the following Saturday. On Super Tuesday, if he wins Texas and California, Dan McGowan, I, I think all this talk about stopping him, there's too many moderates in the race right now. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the weird, the the very strange thing about this is that the moderates in the race, at least through two, um, you know, uh, uh, two primaries or a primary and a caucus, and and you know, as you head into, they have no reason to drop out. No, right? and that, that's their challenge. That right. you know, Pete Buttigieg is the current delegate leader. Yes, uh, so, that's right. So why why would he drop out? And why why would an Amy Klobuchar think she's coming on strong? Uh, you know, you know, there's no reason. Certainly, Biden thinks he's going to go win South Carolina, and so all these guys, your your instincts here are right and very interesting about this. You know. A lot. I know your listeners would, would say, "Boy, the Rhode Island congressional delegation, especially a Cicilline or a, or a Senator Whitehouse, are so so liberal." Make no mistake about it. Senator Whitehouse has never been a, a strong supporter of no. Sanders. He came out and spoke uh, in favor of Mike Bloomberg, even when he wasn't that, running. He gave, it, gave an interview, I think, to you and said, "If if if there was someone, I wish they were running. I wish it was Mike Bloomberg." That's right, and these guys, and, and, and he's a guy who, 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 you know, again, has very, very liberal sort of tendencies, but, but he's also relatively practical, and I think he sees Bernie Sanders as, as someone, as Hillary described, as someone who's very tough to get along with, who's not a great compromiser always, and you're right about the, the landscape of, of, of this race. You could have a situation, I've been listening to a, a, a podcast with David Pluff, who is uh, Barack Obama's you know, oh, yeah. campaign sure. guru. And one of the things that he talks a lot about is it, it's very hard to get in the lead. But once you get the delegate lead, it's very hard to actually give it back. Yes. And and the, the, the fear is, even if the Super Tuesday strategy plays out, let's pretend Bloomberg actually goes on and wins the majority of the delegates on Super Tuesday. Doesn't actually mean that he'll still be, you know, the, the, the overwhelming front runner. And Bernie Sanders is going to do plenty well. It's not like it's going to go from, you know, from winning in, in, uh, in New Hampshire to, you know, 
losing by 40 points elsewhere. Uh, and so the math suddenly stops to work, uh, stops working. I think you're going to get a really good sense of what happens tonight. If Mike Bloomberg can sit up there and he's going to get attacked by everybody. Make no mistake about that. If he comes out and looks pretty good and, and finds a way to, to wiggle out, you know, gets the, the, the B plus type of grade, I think then you're going to start to see folks say, all right, he can withstand the attacks. He can certainly withstand all these, you know, the progressives. And then maybe you start to see him get a little bit momentum. But, boy, it, it does look like Bernie said, I think 538 has him somewhere around 40 or 50 percent to be the nominee. Uh, so he's certainly the favorite right now. He's going up to him, McGowan. First of all, you made an excellent point there. I think tonight, as much as everyone is focused on Bernie Sanders, and I understand that, but the other moderates, Biden, Mayor Pete, Amy Klobuchar, I, I mean, to me, they're the ones that are going to have the knives out for Bloomberg because th- they have gone down since he entered the race. I want to just touch on Congressman Cicilline and how things have changed. And, and I just want to be practical. There was a time several years ago, and maybe now it doesn't mean as much, but uh, Congressman Cicilline got a lot of press when he came out as he was the openly gay mayor of Providence. He was then uh, openly gay uh, congressman. There was a time going back where it would almost seem, of course, he would endorse Mayor Pete because he's in a same-sex marriage. I think that is part of the changing landscape, Dan McGowan, where even though at, at one point maybe that would have been automatic support, it's kind of become... In some ways, there's more candidates that are prefer a same-sex relationship. So it, it, it's not as strong as, as it used to be in the past. And, and, and he is just surveying the field and not endorsing anyone as of yet. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think a, a, maybe a generation ago, if you had a... Uh, you know, a gay candidate who was as strong as Mayor Pete is right, right now, I think you would see, uh, you know, the vast majority of, of folks uh, who, who are also gay probably flock to him. Um, so you're right. I think it is a, a kind of a, an acceptance and the social norms, have, ha, you know, have certainly changed. But then, again, make no mistake about it. David Cicilline is a political animal. He knows what he's doing. He does not want to be on the wrong side. No. Of a, you know, a, a, especially of a very contested uh, a primary and remember one thing now this is like a, a reporter's dream but if none of these guys get to 1991 delegates yep. our delegation suddenly and in, in the governor certainly become much more important because then the super delegates are in play potentially and they go to the convention, and you know, the the again, it's, it's like a episode of The West Wing. You, you will see a, a very interesting convention if nobody has the lock on the race. Yeah, and just finally on that, I think again, staying on that same theme, you know, 2016, Governor Armando was all in. Hillary Clinton, first female president. Fast forward in the past. Someone you may have conventional wisdom would have been Governor Mundo would be all in with Amy Klobuchar, moderate, mother, 100%. Midwest. Instead, no, she's going with Bloomberg and kind of ignoring the other two women of the race. You also have the Boston Globe. And, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePete who is speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Boy, I really enjoyed this profile. Rhode Island House Republican leader step into the spotlight. Now, I know Blake Filippi, Rep Filippi, House Minority Leader. Um, I see him as a rising star. He's got star quality. Um, he's one of those people. He has a presence. When, when you meet him, I've seen him. In, I've been around him in social situations. Uh, he's a guy's type guy. You know, he, he to me is like a, a Scott Brown slash Tom Brady. Yep. Guys are comfortable with him. He's obviously he's a young, good looking guy. He's an attorney, uh, you know, very uh, successful out on Block Island. 
I think he he is really a rising star in the Republican Party. No question. There's a reason we, you know, my colleague Ed Fitzpatrick uh, uh, did this this little profile on on him. You know, here's a guy who, uh, you, you know, he he kind of can finds ways to uh, to make everybody frustrated, whether it's his own party or the Democrats, but then also seems to have the respect of lots of people. You know, what great example. He's been relentless on, on Speaker Mattiello, but he still gets things done up there. You know, he can still he still has a relationship with a lot of the Democrats. He's not, you know, just a bomb thrower who can't get anything done. Um, so, you know, he's shown the ability to compromise. And he's also obviously he's clashed with his own parties, clashed with Patty Morgan. Uh, but if you talk to a Brian Newberry or a, um, a Rep Chippendale, they, they praise the guy. Big there's no question that he's a guy who, uh, you know, has the resources, seemingly has the interest to be a potential candidate for governor. And, um, and I think he I don't think he's in any way kind of shooing away the idea that, that he may be a candidate in just a couple of years. Yeah. And, and just um, I won't keep it. When I was talking with Justin Katz, I also said that is still kind of an acceptable form of criticism of women to men. Patricia Morgan said um, I, so I think he has a future. He's smart. And then she said, obviously, he's good looking. To me, it's it's almost said in a, in a dismissive way, um, kind of in line the way when those um, polls were coming out that showed Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, the most popular governor. Governor Mundo's first comment was, well, you know, he's tall. So people kind of like that type of thing. That is still, to me, a double standard acceptable that women can comment on the man's looks. But my, I can't even imagine if, if it went back the other way. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt about the double standard. You know, you would never, ever talk about this. But I will say, when, as Ed was preparing to write this, this, and as he was talking to people, and as ever I talked to people about Blake Flippy, uh, people do bring up, look, he's a handsome guy, he's yes. got great hair. Yep. <laughs> so it is, a, you know, and that is part of politics. Yep. That, um, you know, that, that, that they look good on commercials. They look good on TV. They look the part, right? That's exactly. the old saying. Yes. And, and, and I think he does. But you're right. It is a double standard. If, we, if, we, if you and I were talking about a female candidate that looked the part, I, I would expect we would probably get criticized. No one would say that, yeah. Hey, touch on your story. These are the bills Mayor Lors is asking the General Assembly to pass this year. Yeah, this is interesting because the mayor, every single year, uh, uh, comes up with a seemingly a longer list of things that he wants the, the General Assembly to do. Now, it's important to know the mayor, just the dynamics of this. Yes, they're all Democrats, but the mayor does not have a lot of cachet at the State House. He's not beloved by the Speaker of the Senate President, but, uh, you know, he still he has to put out his proposals and very typical things. So you're, you're obvious, you know, you, you want as much state aid as you can have. You want to restore money that the governor proposed cutting. But a couple other interesting ones. One is he wants to, uh, he's really kind of leaning into some criminal justice issues. He wants to, uh, you know, find ways to kind of uh, scrap the fines that if you had marijuana-related convictions, you know, any sort of court fees, he wants to get rid of those, which, which is new and, and relatively controversial. Um, and, and so he, he's kind of leaning in that way. And then, of course, there's always the bill that he supports every year, which is driver's licenses for undocumented immigrants, uh, which, which there's no sign that, that that is going anywhere. You know it comes up every year. But uh, uh, he is, again, supporting it. He does support that. And, uh, you know, there was a time, if you remember going back, Governor Chafee, uh, many parts of that community. I used to have one Garcia on the radio used to swear that Chafee promised him that. And then Governor Raimondo was accused that she had promised them that. I remember Chafee said, oh, no, no, I told them I'd look at it. I didn't tell them that I'd give them a license. Um, his... Um, 
Any uh, any talk yet on uh, on who's going to be the next mayor of Providence, Dan McGowan? I was speaking with someone just the other day that said right now, and you're going to have the full coverage of this, but someone said to me that it's Brett Smiley's to lose. Yeah, I mean, I think Brett Smiley is the favorite currently, but I, I would say you and I, you and I have gone over this a, a bunch, and, and I know Thomas, I'm very interested in it. I think um, it's totally wide open because you know there's always the does Brett Smiley have the ability to come off of the east side and, and win in the south side of Providence? Um, I think the council president Sabina Matos is interesting. Mike Solomon wants to run again; he still works for the city. And then there's a kind of a sleeper candidate out there uh, named Gonzalo Cuervo, who's been around city politics for a really long time. He's now actually the chief of staff to Nelly Gorbea in the Secretary of State's office, but uh, he's kind of a political animal who uh, is making no bones about it. He's everywhere at all the events in Providence, and, and he, he certainly wants to run for mayor as well. Folks, he is uh, Dan McGowan, and you can start your, your day the way I do by getting his daily email. Um, how, uh, how can uh, people get your daily email, Dan McGowan? Yeah, thanks, John. So if you just send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, you'll get every morning before 8 a.m. Uh, breakdown, new reporting, some of the stuff you and I have just talked about, new reporting uh, that's free of charge, just goes right to your inbox, plus uh, breakdown of kind of what's happening today, and plus all the great stories like the Blake Flippy profile and other uh, stories uh, uh, that we, we just link to all of them. So if you just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com, I'll know what you're asking for, and you'll start getting it tomorrow morning. Two stories that I'm, I'm looking at the Globe website right now that I love. One is time to get rid of reclining seats and economy. There's only one way to solve the problem take away our ability to do it and the other one is and this is worth watching michael bloomberg refers to transgender people as it in a 2019 video i would uh and that's on the globe i'd be curious to hear how he if he's asked about that and i think he he may be asked about that tonight i um some of the things that are coming up finally final thing on bloomberg dan mcgowan some of the things that are emerging about him it's different than you know, Bernie Sanders said this in 1979, or, you know, this happened, so forth. Some of the things that are coming out about him, it's 2020. There were 2016, 2019. He, uh, I, I kind of view it as, I, he's not a malicious guy. He was a fantastic mayor of New York City. But I think sometimes when you're the, you're the CEO and you're just kind of going through your presentation, talking quickly, people hesitate to correct you, and suddenly all these videos are surfacing. I don't, I don't think he meant that in any type of mean way. This way, same thing with a lot of the other comments that they're coming back. But, but boy, they, it is just incredible to watch. It seems like every day new video is popping up of him. Well, you're going to see tonight. You're going to have questions about transgender. You're going to have questions about stop and frisk. Right. You're going to you're going to have uh, just all you know questions about the economy and redlining for properties. I mean, he's going to face attacks at the uh, the Democrats, whether they're liberal or or more moderate. They're going to throw everything they can at him. And I think one of the things is, look, Bloomberg is he's an, he's a billionaire, so he won his races. He he could, he he could say whatever he wanted because he's always won. Right. And he's always had the money to. To really to, to not really care what others think about no. him, but he, he's such a uh, an interesting figure because you know just as much as, as a lot of these progressives are going to criticize him now, you know they all take his money when he wants to fight for guns or fight against guns and other you know kind of social issues, and so uh, I think that's the case that he's going to make that, that that you know he is the most progressive in terms of getting things done. I think that's going to be his argument. We'll see if it breaks through tonight. One final question. Who's, do you know, who is, who's basically the Bernie 
person or people in in Rhode Island. I I, I know in the past I thought it was um, Josh Miller, Aaron Ruggenberg, but do we who's 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 like running the Sanders campaign on the ground for this time around? Do we? I don't you see know, a lot written about that. No, they still haven't actually named uh, oh, a okay. campaign manager. But but I will say, uh, Aaron Regenberg, who who is now a law student at Harvard, is still kind of the face. I would say of uh, of the Bernie campaign. He's the guy who, when I hear about you know organizing efforts, I talk to him. Okay, well that would make sense. And I'll tell you, Dan, um, we'll go on this note. I mean, people, you, you know what it's like when you cover and people are trying to have a fundraiser or a political gathering. He had seventeen thousand people in Tacoma, Washington, the other day. He did seven to eight thousand at Roger Williams Park back in April 2016. This time around, and if this is going all the way to the convention contentious, that makes Rhode Island matter. I think I, he, he is building steam. He's stronger than he was four years ago. The money is flowing in. He's winning. He's going to be 3-0 and after Saturday. I, I think now he could run away with the whole thing before the whole Bloomberg thing comes together and I'm the guy to stop Trump and, and everything else. I, I'm starting to think that this horse is out of the gate too far. It's like a good college basketball. It is. Hot at the right time. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, Dan, great. I'm going to follow you on the Sid McKenna stuff on Twitter. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. There it is. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. I know a little bit of that is uh, inside baseball, uh, but I like to cover it. It is important. It's uh, very odd. And uh, Dan is, um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I just want to check. Folks, 766-1380. 401-766-30. She's going to Bloomberg. Oh, okay. He just did confirm she's going to Bloomberg. Huh. Now, that's odd. Now, why would she... Wow. Why would she... This person was the head of the party. Why would she not confirm that? To uh, that Steph Machado of Channel 12. I don't get that. All right, well... I mean, that kind of makes sense. It makes a lot more sense. Steph Machado is putting, she will not confirm that she's running. Uh, Will not confirm she's leaving the state party to go, is leaving to join the Mike Bloomberg campaign. Now, she will confirm that she's leaving to go to the the, uh, Mike Bloomberg campaign. So, that's odd. Huh. She's leaving the party. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll wait and follow his uh, tweet on that. The other day, folks, uh, the other story is a very, very busy day with the uh, speaker's grand jury going on. Um, uh, I'm not going to answer that. I don't have to answer everything. Uh, let me just check the latest now on the uh, grand jury. Frank Montanaro emerges, won't discuss what they asked him. Answered their questions. No, he didn't. He took the fifth, and Leo Skenyon is there. Well, the speaker is definitely uh, rattled to say the least, and he should be, because it's Mattiello Day at the grand jury, without question. All right, seven six six thirteen eighty, seven six six thirteen eighty. You can email me, John. Okay. Uh, odd she. Odd she denied it. To Steph Machado. I don't get that. 
Oh, well. All right. Hey, folks, I want to remind you on this uh, sunny Wednesday, you're out and about in the car. And good afternoon, one and all. It is Juan, 766-1380. Why not take a ride over and see our friends Frank and, excuse me, let me, uh, I want to get right. Um, Why not take a ride over and see our friends at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Hold on, Frank. I'm going to talk to you in just a moment. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Uh, cookies, pastry, chocolate-covered donuts, cannolis. They are open. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. If you know Ronnie, he is so talented. Over 55 years coming up with these different creations, making pastry great again. Everything is fresh. The most delicious cakes and pies it's Ron's Pastry Gourmet, located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Stop in and see them. The most delicious chocolate-covered donuts and cannolis and brownies and cookies and cakes and pies. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Now, it's right near AAA in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Uh, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, 766 a lot more ahead. Boy, a lot of developments getting ready for the big debate tonight. We're going to talk about that and more on the Mattiello Grand Jury. It's all ahead. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data with no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Attention business owners, in today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Well, folks, the weather, you know, spring is on the way. We're going to spend more time outdoors. And maybe the course of the winter, you thought that a lot of the green algae, moss, uh, mold that is on an outside surface, maybe you thought that the cold weather would kill it, but it does not. Instead, it just lies dormant. So instead, maybe it's on your roof or your walk or your patio, or your deck, or a basketball court. You need Bethel Softwash. Now, you can get free consultation 
text Jared. I have his Facebook page, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Bethel Softwash. I have his page right on my Facebook page, John DePietro Show on Facebook. But text Jared if you would like a free consultation with Bethel Softwash. They'll remove the mold, the mildew, the algae, but they'll do it through a soft wash that does not damage the surface. You can text Jared at 401 617 2585. Residential or commercial, it's biodegradable, it's plant safe, low pressure, uh, perfect vinyl siding or your roof. Bethel soft wash. Remember, soft washing. Jared is so talented. It's a low pressure system. It does not harm the vinyl or the roof. Boom, and it is gone. The biodegradable chemicals remove things like mold and algae and moss and bacteria without damaging the surface. Now, if you have some of that on your roof or your siding, it will start to damage the roof and your siding and your home and the structure. Or if you just leave it on your patio or your walk or your deck, it starts to damage that surface. Instead, text Jared today at 617-2585. Now, you can also uh, find, you could text him a picture. And I love this. Text a photo. This is my roof. Here's what it looks like, right? Just with your phone. Here's what the moss and the algae and the mildew looks like. Text it to him, and then he'll give you a free estimate right there just by looking at it. But let's get rid of it. It's Bethel Certified Softwash. Free, same-day estimate. Text the picture. Text a question to Jared, 401-617-2585. He's right in Lincoln. Look for the Facebook page, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E, a Bethel certified soft wash or text Jared at 401-617-2585. I'm on the road and my ride is going strong. At Paul Massey Chevrolet, you get the lowest price guaranteed every day with Rhode Island's only true one price on our exciting lineup of Chevrolets. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price guaranteed. And it's only at Paul Massey, Rhode Island's number one Chevrolet dealer. Lease a 2020 Equinox LS front wheel drive for only $179 a month for 39 months with $29.88 due at signing. Buick GMC South is New England's number one Buick dealer and Rhode Island's number one GMC dealer. Get the lowest price anywhere. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price. Guaranteed. Lease a 2020 Terrain SLE front wheel drive for only $198 a month for 39 months with $24.88 due at signing. Great selection, top-notch service, and the lowest one price only at Paul Massey. Hey, do you have a plumbing emergency? You do well? Why not call Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland? Victor Quartz, Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland, C-U-R-T-E-S, 401-714-8478. Family owned and operated for over 20 years. Victor Quartz of Quartz Plumbing is professional, reliable, and ready to serve the needs of your family. So whether it's a bathroom remodel, maybe you're having a problem with your drain or the pipes. Fully licensed and insured, it's Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. They'll handle all your plumbing needs, repair and maintenance, hot water tanks, maybe a problem with your drain. 
Call Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland today. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 401-714-8478. 401-714-8478. It's Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. All right, folks, and good afternoon. Getting this, Kara Cromwell with the Bloomberg campaign says McKenna will be the Rhode Island political director. All right, so she's going under the fold with uh, with Raimondo and uh, so forth. All right, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Again, phone lines are open, 766-1380. Um, tonight, of course, is a big night, and I, 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 all eyes are going to be on, all eyes are going to be on Michael, Mike, Michael Bloomberg, without question, and exactly... How uh, he is going to handle himself in the debate tonight. How he's going to handle himself in the debate tonight. He will definitely be um, the target. But something else very significant is happening right now. Now, so many of you, but we're going to talk about it. I'm starting to think it's too late. I know they think they're going to stop Bernie Sanders, Senator Bernie Sanders. I'm starting to think that they've just waited too long. I don't know if anything, I, I, he may just run away with this whole thing. Sanders right now is just absolutely cruising. So this is um, significant where Frank Montanaro, he is a lot of people, but he is the right-hand man to uh, Speaker Mattiello. And he was in, this is the grand jury day. You have the grand jury going on right now. Kent County Courthouse in Warwick regarding the actions of Speaker Mattiello. Now, Montanaro is neck deep in this. My sources tell me Montanaro pled the fifth. And I want to be very clear. Someone tweeted at me how many times. It, it doesn't, you, you, once you plead the fifth, you can't answer some questions and not answer other questions. We'll talk to attorney tim dodd on this tomorrow but what he's saying here is is rehearsed it was written for him and he's just regurgitating it this is the same guy that he does not belong in the position that he's in he is in charge of an unaccountable 50 million dollar budget he is a member of the mattiello crime family he knows a lot they are criminals and this is him walking out with his attorney he was in there for a very short time in front of the grand jury. My sources tell me he took the fifth. Now, these guys are involved with a lot of different things. I can't see, and this was predicted, that he was not going to answer any questions, that he can't answer any questions. And my sources tell me Leo Skenyon, the chief of staff of Mattiello, is also pleading the fifth. So if there's going to be any indictment, which there is going to be an indictment, it's not coming with any help with these guys. These guys, this is uh, Frank Montanaro. The apple does not fall too far from the tree. Um, again, this is rehearsed. Uh, I don't think there's anything there. There was no wrongdoing. If someone said to me, what is he going to say when he walks out of the grand jury? I answered their questions. There was no wrongdoing. Um, and I was fully cooperative with the grand jury. That's And, and by the way, if you go in... They ask you a question and you say, I would like to exercise my Fifth Amendment right. 
They're asking you a question and you're answering the question. He's cooperating with the grand jury. Not cooperating is not showing up or not responding to it. He did cooperate. He was subpoenaed. He went there. They asked him a question. He said, I'd like to exercise my Fifth Amendment right. Maybe they asked another one. And then that's it. And then where are they going with it? Nowhere. Once you open the door on that, that's it. And there, he's involved with a lot of criminal wrongdoing. I want you to listen to what he says. This is Frank Montanaro outside of court. And I love that Channel 12 and the Journal are there. And I want you to listen to what he says to the grand, about the grand jury. Came out very quickly. Uh, they asked me questions. I was cooperative. And I don't think there's any wrongdoing. All set up. I, I respect the jur- grand jury process. Testified as a witness to the grand jury. Uh, I do respect the grand jury process. I can't tell you what the questions that they talked about. What I can tell you is I answered the grand uh, the grand jury all their questions. Uh, I can answer all their questions truthfully and um, honestly. And I saw no wrongdoing with this matter. And I was concluded and um, walked out the door. Now, should the grand jury transcripts? get released, which they're not, you would just see that he took the fifth. Are we to believe that he was prepared to answer questions about the mold? They fabricated the mold. He was instrumental with the JCLS with then ordering the audit on the convention center. But I want you to listen to what he said. I answered their questions. They asked me something, and I said, asked, answered. Mr. Montanaro, like to ask you some questions. Go ahead. Blah, blah, blah. At this time, I'd like to exercise my Fifth Amendment right afforded me by the Constitution. At this time, I'd like to exercise my... You're asking me a question. I'm answering your question. So he is being truthful here. He's not lying. I respect the process. He's there. He's in a suit. (coughs) He's on time. Fully respects the process. Oh, no, I totally do. And they asked me a question, and I answered it. And he answered it truthfully. By the way, that's not a lie. I would like to exercise my Fifth Amendment right. There's no lie there. He didn't lie. He did tell the truth. So here it is again. Uh, Yeah, I testified as a witness to the grand jury. Uh, I do respect the grand jury process. I can't tell you what the questions that they talked about. What I can tell you is I answered the uh, the grand jury all their questions. I can answer all their questions truthfully and um, honestly, and I saw no wrongdoing with this matter, and I was concluded and um, walked out the door. Now, something else. I can't, he, could, he could tell whatever he wants, and we'll get into this a little bit tomorrow with uh, Tim Dodd, our legal expert. Um, but the, um, he, he, this business, while well, I can't say, you, you, he could say whatever the hell he wants. As sometimes happens. All right, folks, the power hour is next. It's John DePietro. We're going to talk, though, big debate tonight. This is it. I think it's a, a big moment in the latest on the grand jury on Mattiello, the speaker at the convention center. The power hour is next. We're going to break quickly for the uh, 1 o'clock news and come back on the other side on the John DePietro Show. WNRI, Winsocket, W236CW, W260DC. W-N-R-I.